Welcome to the Energy Update presented by the Institute for Energy Research for the week of November 30th, 2020. I'm Alex Stevens. There's a couple things I want to highlight for listeners this week. On the blog, we have a few new articles from the staff, including an article on the UK's decision to ban the sale of new gasoline and diesel cars in 2030. We also have an article outlining the details of Arizona's plan to go carbon-free by 2050. Arizona utility regulators approved new rules mandating electric companies to provide 100% carbon-free energy by 2050 with interim benchmarks. Arizona joins other states in this endeavor, including New York and neighboring California, but unlike other states, the new rules do not include a requirement for utilities to use a specified amount of renewable energy such as solar and wind. They do, however, include energy efficiency requirements and battery storage policies for utilities. Utilities can meet the new rules by generating electricity using renewable energy or nuclear power and by reducing demand through those mandated energy efficiency measures. Finally, I want to highlight the latest episode of the Plugged In podcast. My guest this week was Steve Hayward, who discussed the 2020 election and what it means for energy policy going forward. Here's a short clip of that episode. Shifting to the election, uh, obviously, I I mentioned that, you know, this was something that we discussed last time we talked, uh, sort of a surprising outcome. Um, The GOP picked up some seats in the House, and it looks like they're going to hold the Senate. Um, Joe Biden... Uh, obviously elected. Um, Can you give us just sort of a a lay of the land, I guess, of how we should be thinking about this uh, divided government? And then um, what should uh, classical liberal or limited government people be focusing their attention on on, uh, in terms of energy policy with this government uh, going forward? Yeah. Yeah, this is the, maybe the, I mean, you know, I'm an academic political scientist and historian, partly by background and formal training. And I think this may be the strangest presidential election in American history. I don't think we've ever seen anything quite like this, where, uh, first of all, I'll go through a couple points here that are just amazing to me. The incumbent president, Mr. Trump, he got 11 million, as of today's count, more votes than he got four years ago. Uh, Normally, incumbents who are defeated lose a lot of votes from their first election. That was true of Hoover, Jimmy Carter, George H.W. Bush. It's astounding that you could gain as much political support as Trump did and apparently lose. Uh, you know, we're still fighting about vote counts and all the rest. Sure. Okay. Um, and it's also unheard of for someone to get a record number of votes for president, as Joe Biden did, and have his party do so poorly all the way down the ballot, not just House and Senate, but state legislatures too. Uh, In other words, if you just forget the presidential election, this election was a stunning triumph for the Republican Party. Uh, And it's freaking out everybody these days, including some Republicans, I think, who expected to lose. So now it's a confusing scene because everyone says, well, we're going to have gridlock in Washington. Um, And my first pass on this is is that uh, I like gridlock. Uh, Gridlock, as I joke, is the next best thing to constitutional government. and you know, usually when you have gridlock, it means the government's not screwing things up even worse. Um, and maybe, I don't know, you can be optimistic and say you might get some bipartisan cooperation on some mild reforms to entitlements and spending, possible, I don't know, uh, um, I doubt it, but it's not impossible. Um, meanwhile, I think it's quite clear that the Green New Deal is completely dead for the time being. Um, a lot of other extravagant ideas of the environmental left and other parts of the left, I think, are dead for the time being. So the big question is, uh, are, is the Biden administration going to try and do things through the executive branch, you know, with new regulations? Uh, and I, you know, I think um, that is possible. 
You may see some uh, 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 stronger regulations on uh, hydraulic fracturing for oil and gas. And I think that'll have a mixed effects on things. Uh, the other thing I think that, um, uh, well, the other question is, is will the administration give states like California wider latitude to regulate automobiles and so forth? That could happen. And then the other big question is, is whether Biden will try and bring back the clean power plan that Obama tried to put through based on the 1970 Clean Air Act. And, you know, that uh, the clean power plan, which went through a formal EPA rulemaking process, was in big trouble in the courts before Trump came along and pulled the plug on it. So I, and I, if anything, the courts will be more hostile to it now with the changing composition of the Supreme Court. So I think uh, if Biden wants to try and make progress on his pledge to have a zero emission power sector in 15 years, he probably has to start over again with a new plan that you know, based on the Clean Air Act. And I'm not so, how sure how that's gonna work because I think any plan based on a, an old piece of legislation meant for a different kind of problem, it's just it's square peg in a round hole. I think it's not gonna work very well. And he may ask Congress to pass something, but I doubt there's much appetite for that. All of that content and more work from IER staff can be found on our website, instituteforenergyresearch.org. Thank you for listening. Until next week, I'm Alex Stevens.